to be asked to come share. And uh, my butterflies are settling down a little bit. So I'll just take some deep breaths. And uh, yeah, so we want to color outside of the lines a little bit uh, for our 20 minutes and have Tammy up here with me because she's the one that carries the anointing. And uh, I'm, I'm semi-joking, but no, seriously, uh, we... Honestly, we just uh, went down to the Randy Clark conference a few weeks ago, and I'm the one that's hungry for the impartation because I've never gotten a real whacking in the Holy Spirit before, and I really want it. And she's the one who got it five times over. So, hey, I was happy as long as one of us gets it. But, uh, yeah, so this is my bride. She is my ministry partner for life. And uh, our family, we have five kids. Ages from 19 all the way down to six, and <laughs> didn't mean to make you cry. Sorry, there's no tissues up here. Um, yeah, they're you know my, our family is our ministry. They're ministry number one, and they they how they turn out as we train them up means everything to us, and it I know it will reflect on how we can minister to others and lead others. So our family is ministry number one, but yeah. Just, you know, I asked Daniel if he'd put this verse up here, and I just want this, this scripture to just impart to you guys the whole time we're talking. So if you kind of tune out on, on what I'm saying, just suck on that scripture for a little while. It's full of, of honey. It is so sweet. But really, this is who I am. This is what I want for life. This is what I want for my family, for our church. I could read it off here. I guess I don't have to turn around. You know, the scripture this last year came to mind, never be lacking in zeal, but, but keep your spiritual fervor. Um, serving the Lord, keep your spiritual fervor. In our, in our journey, we have seen many people get bitter and wounded, and they fall off the map, and they stay facing backwards for years. And it wrecks my heart when I see people getting stuck and and. All they really need is a sozo, and they'll be, they'll be back on track. No, seriously, um, I, I just felt like for us, just the, the encouragement for people in our church, the people that we've had relationships with outside of our church, um, to forget what is behind. Not forget the good things that God has done. Not forget the kingdom that was being built and established in your life and in your family and your church, the good things God was doing. Not forgetting those things. We need to recount the works of the Lord. We need to, to speak forth the things he's done and prophesy into our future because he's going to do it again. But there's stuff that we need to forget. There's stuff that we need to leave behind. So we forget what is behind and we fix our eyes on Jesus and we press on towards the goal. Yeah. This life is so short. I'm going to be 50 years old and some of you guys in here are like, oh yeah, I remember when I was 50. But seriously, it's going by fast. I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to spin my wheels in a church that is visionless and powerless and just plain games. So Tammy and I came to this place, this place actually, but this place, this season in our lives when we were desperate to hear from God. We had been a part of a church planting fivefold ministry network for about a decade and it fell apart. But we had had we had all of this equipping, all of this training instilled in us in this vision to reproduce, to plant New Testament pattern churches. And we had to find our tribe. We really didn't know what to do. We were just trying because we, we wanted to keep our passion boiling hot. 
We didn't want to grow cold, but we wanted to find our tribe, and we knew that in relationship, in the, con- uh, in the context of community, and in relationship, that is where we would find our destiny and our, our ministry, because our, our destiny and our ministry is connected to other people. We didn't want to be lone rangers. So in our searching, in our trying to find God's next season for us, we found ourselves streaming Bethel for the first time and uh, being wowed by the stuff that we were just watching on a screen. We decided to sign up for LDP 1 that January of 2014, and then we looked at the Global Legacy website, and we found that there was a conference here. I didn't see the part that it said Leaders Conference. Um, We weren't pastors of a church. We just were hungry and never have been in a a prophetic environment. We had a good hunch that we would probably experience potential for being prophesied over, but we didn't know. But we were hungry to hear from God. We needed to know where we needed to aim our our sights. So in this place, in this house, four years ago, the very first evening we were here, we got messed up big time. We had one of Paul Manwaring's team uh, people, actually his spiritual daughter, Crystal Gowan, approached Tammy and I, and she said, I feel like God says you're here for clarity, direction, and you were to go plant that church. And we about fell over. It was, it was amazing. And not to go into too much detail about that time, but Tammy might want to, let me just say real quickly, um, that began a journey and a relationship with this house. And I'll just let you talk. Yeah, we, we came, we were like, God, we need to know. We have to hear clear from you what we are to do. Because I'm like, oh, let's just go plant a church. We're not going to find what we're looking for. And he's like, wait a minute, we have to know it's God. And I'm like, so we came, we're like, we have to know. We have to know. And I don't think it'd get any clearer. And then we had a prophetic session with you, with Teresa. With Teresa. <laughs> and she's like, I'm hearing church bells and I see a steeple. Are you wanting to plant a church? And we had three days of this. And we were just like, okay, we know what we're supposed to do now. So it was awesome. <laughs> so a, a major part, I, I just want to shift from the, the wonder of what God did that, that three days here, because we did leave this place with this seed burning inside of us that would carry us through the empty living room house meetings when it's just us as a family worshiping. And we were good with that as long as he showed up, as long as we had the presence of God coming and filling our house, as long as we were growing in our understanding of who he is and his, his kingdom and the, the spiritual realm of his kingdom, filling our home, filling our lives, shifting our perspective, raising our perspective up higher to have kingdom mindsets. I mean, just all of the journey is so, it has been so rich, even in the small season. And we're still, I think, in the small season. And so I, I do value that scripture that says, don't dismi- dismise. Don't despise the days of small beginnings because there's life in it. There's, there's joy in it. We're, we're not looking so far ahead and coveting numbers and neglecting the now moment. We're going to enjoy what he's given us now and make the best of it. But in our time here, God fulfilled a need that we had because we had been trained, and I won't even try to talk nearly anything about what the fivefold ministry is and the apostolic and the prophetic foundation with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. I actually had a whole bunch of scriptures lined up just to kind of reference, but uh, Michael's taking care of all that stuff. But Tammy and I knew that 
in Ephesians, it says that the church would, be, would have the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. We understand that there's the fivefold ministry, that, that there is a need for apostolic and prophetic input. So we came into this place with this new call to actually go forward and plant the church, but we, we knew we needed an apostolic father. And we had no idea what God was going to do in our relationship here. But this church and this couple and their team have become our family, our home away from home, and they're our cheerleaders. And so if anything that we could say to encourage anyone in this place today to, to embrace apostolic fathers and mothers, embrace the prophetic moms and, and dads, embrace those people and invite them to speak into what you're doing. You know, I think there's just hints. We talk so much about orphan spirit and catching the Father's heart. But I think there's that little bit of that orphan spirit that we kind of hang on to because we don't want anyone to tell us what to do. And I, I'm so grateful these guys don't tell us what to do. They just have really good wisdom and suggest maybe thinking about trying this. But it's totally up to you. <laughs> and I just love that because there's no heavy-handedness. There's no overwhelming pressure so anyway we we have been off on a good start we've got our foundation we we are building what we feel that god has taught us over the last 15 years how a healthy church would be established that we would have an apostolic prophetic foundation and as a church we highly value the presence of god obviously I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer in this conference because everyone here loves the presence. And we don't want to do this. We don't want to play church. We don't want to spin our wheels. We don't want to waste our years trying to do something that he's not in. If, if he's in the center of it, if he's given, given the free reign of leading our meetings and we just follow hard after what he's doing, what he's saying, then I think we're going to go in a good direction because he will be our, our centerpiece. He will be our reward. You know, he's our inheritance. So the presence of God is, is number one of our core values as a church. And number two, he's been talking about it today and yesterday, family. We had been ruined for anything less than church being family. We had experienced a move of God where the church started to function in that family atmosphere where there was this recognizing of mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. We, we actually valued doing life together. That church wasn't just a place where we show up and stare at the back of someone's head for an hour, two hours, and then walk out the door and never get to know anybody. We, we understand that God's intent is that the church would be a representation of heaven's family, that there would be intimacy, there would be vulnerability, transparency, that we would we would allow people into our lives and that we would invite people to speak into our lives. I mean, who wants to wait until someone has to speak into your life? Why not invite it? Why not say, hey, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. I look in the mirror and I feel like I'm okay, but do you see anything? You know, come over to my house, spend some time with me. Is my wife shining? Does she have a crown on her head? Do, do I, am I husbanding? Is that the right word? Am I being a good husband? Am I husbanding well? <laughs> is she wifing me good? You know, look at my kids. Do they just want to get away from me? Do they, do they tremble in the corner? Do they have, you know, 
black and blue marks all over their faces. <laughs> I hope, heaven forbid. But to invite people in, that church would become family. And there's nothing that I want more for my family, for my sons and daughters, and for spiritual sons and daughters, than to be firmly rooted and established in a family. Psalm 68.6 says, God sets the lonely or the solitary into families. And I want my kids to grow up and love the church and, and understand the extremely high value of being a part of a church family. That, that their husbands, my daughter's husbands, will be men that want to be known and want to be accountable to leaders in the church and, and to the fellow brothers and sisters, that they will actually rise up and show commitment to, to just being there even. Showing up to a meeting is really important, when, especially when you're small like our church. When one family's gone, we feel it. But just being there just shows that you value the family of God, that you value the corporate representation of his family, and you value his presence. So we, we value, first of all, the presence of God, the family of God, and this thing that's kind of newer to us, and that's honor, this culture of honor. You know, we've, we've realized over the last four years that we don't have to look for everyone's dirt. We need to learn how to look for the gold because we all have dirt. We need to give grace to people the way we would want someone to give grace to us because Lord knows we don't give as much grace to other people as we would want to give ourselves oftentimes. But we want to learn how to look for the goal. We want to learn how to honor people and have that kind of environment in our church family. You want to say something? So for about a year and a half, we met in our home. Actually, so when we got back, we just spent some time checking churches out in our area. And um, we decided at one point we're just going to open our house on Sunday nights. So we spent about a year and a half just meeting in our home. And um, God brought us back in relationship with some really dear friends. And even more recent, another couple that <laughs> we've been with that we've known from the past. Um, and so we just launched out in June to Boys and Girls Club. And God has been so faithful. He's been... <laughs> adding amazing people, which we really feel like are kind of becoming our core of people, that um, they're comfortable with stepping out and prophesying, and, and they're um, inter being intercessors, and just, yeah, it's just so, God's just been faithful, and financially, we've not lacked. For as small of a group as we are, we're 40 when we're all together. Um, we've been able to pay for our space three months in advance, and still have money in our account, and God's been so good. Um, about a year ago, our mayor um, decided to name, well, our city is Bremerton. She said, I feel like our city is a city of legacy. We were like, um, we think we need that for our church name. So we went to our leadership couple. We went to Galen and Danette, and we said, we really feel like we're supposed to name our church Legacy City, and everyone's like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> so we named our church Legacy City Church, and yes, God has just been, he's been so, oh yes, yeah, so we, Scott sent an email to our mayor and just let her know that that really spoke to us and that we um, just want to honor her, 
let her know that we named our, we named our church. That same day, we got an email back saying she wants to meet with you. So, <laughs> wow, okay. So we met with our mayor and spent two and a half hours with her and just talking to her. She's um, a Lutheran lady, loves Jesus, and um, it was just awesome. She spent most of the time she was talked to us, but um, she was really touched when we talked about our church name. She got really emotional, and she she just loved the fact that we we named our church that. And um, we got to pray for her, and she's a little fireball. She's not our mayor now. Um, we have a new mayor. But, um, yeah, so hopefully we'll get to meet him one of these days soon. And uh, But, yeah, we got to pray with her and just bless her, and it was wonderful. Just want to try to be real brief here about why we chose Legacy City Church, why Legacy spoke so much to us. Um, you know, the word legacy is the same word for, well, not the same word. It's equivalent to inheritance. And even more recently, in the last few weeks, I've felt like the word birthright. Um, just as a church, we've been in a season where I personally, if this is what I can do, keep my passion boiling hot, it's going to overflow into our church. So just kind of had to throw that reference real fast. But the, the overflow of what I've been experiencing in my personal time with God, um, I had an encouragement, a little bit of inspiration. Bill Johnson had talked about how he likes to take communion every day. So does Benny. And I thought, I want to try doing that. I want to take communion. I want to hold the, the body and the blood representation of Jesus before me, not just over my own personal need for grace and forgiveness, but things like healing, things like breakthrough, because Jesus paid a price for us. Obviously, you guys all know this. It's not just that our sins would get forgiven. It's not just so that we could get to heaven, but it's so that heaven can get into us. He paid a price so that each one of us can have an open heaven. And this, I've, this might be new to me and not new to you guys, but I'm just like starting to explore this, this idea, this realm, that I have an open heaven, that Jesus paid for it, and revival, outpouring of the presence of God, miracles, signs, and wonders, healing in people's bodies, deliverance, everything that we need, everything that we've seen in, in the kingdom realm over the ages is all because Jesus paid for it. And as we hold before us, as we keep in our perspective his broken body for us, that is the access point. That is the place where everything that we need for, for our open heaven experience, for revival, personal fire in your life to be kindled, that's where it all comes from. It all flows out of that. Yep, we got one minute. So can I do this? I would just like to have everyone stand. And I would just like to, to declare a few things over everyone here. And I'll do it until the time runs out. So, all right. So if you guys want to just, if you want to receive something for God, I just thank you, Father, that your presence is here. And we just worship you. God, I thank you for the sons and daughters in this room. And I thank you, God, that you're lifting each one of us up into your hands now. That you're pulling us up face to face. And Father, I just ask you, would you just give a kiss on top of the head of every one of your sons and daughters in this room? Give them a kiss on top of the head, Lord. Let them show, let them see, and let, would you just show them your love and your favor over them, that you would just blow the dust off of the gold in their heart, and that you would show them how much you value 
the treasure that they carry. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm out of time, so I'm not going to do the declarations. <laughs> All right. All right. There we go. Way to go, guys. Yeah, I'm really proud of you guys and all of what God's doing in you and through you. I love it. You notice he uh, came right down that, those steps before the holy hush. <laughs>